Smells like shoe polish. Be quiet. We have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my hetero podcast mate, Chris Durkotch. We are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game at 12. Please. So if you've ever worked a job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes... Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant! Chill down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jay and Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks and stay for the rest of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute fun. Chris, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Hi, this is Michael McConaughey. I'm the voice of Vampire Hunter D and a lot of other things. I've been very fortunate in being able to be a whole lot of different people in my career. You are listening to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, and you better enjoy it. Welcome to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, podcast dedicated to any and all vampire movies here on the Radio of Horror Network, and we're continuing the coverage of Dracula 1979 with a special guest. Please introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Stacy Lane Wilson, and I am an author and a filmmaker, and I love horror movies, so I'm really happy to be talking about Dracula 1979, which is one of my favorite versions, and I saw it when I was a kid in the 80s, so... Um, I'm glad that it still has a life, eternal life, so to speak. Wah, wah. <laughs> you also have a book uh, about uh, rock and horror in the 1970s, right? I do. Well, I have a few of them. I have the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series, and there are eight books in the series. Some of them are fictional uh, collections of short stories, horror and rock music infused. And then I have two uh, true crime versions about rock stars who've gotten in trouble or been killed or killed other people. Uh, and then one other installment in the series is called Rock Tales, and it's a charity uh, project to benefit the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, and it's a collection of drink recipes and mocktails from some of your favorite rock stars. We begin these five minutes talking with Dracula undressing Lucy, and it ends with Van Helsing digging underground. I want to point out that this entire sequence, this whole like romantic love-making sequence, which is normally done with Mina, but they killed Mina off earlier because they wanted to do a little bit of a switcheroo. Do you know what other movie they, they decided to switch the two females to be killed off instead of it having, always being Lucy? They switched it with Mina in another film? Oh, I'm not that uh, well-versed in all the vampire movies, but uh, why don't you tell me? I, Is there I believe it's the Dan. One? I believe it's the Dan Curtis, Jack Palace film. Oh, yeah. Wow, I haven't seen that one in ages. I, uh, every time one of these comes out on Blu-ray, I, I immediately snatch it up, and sure enough, some of these are like out of print. It's like, fuck it, forget about it, trying to find it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> um, interesting, yeah, to see the different actors who've played Dracula, and I would have to say Jack Palance is probably not one of the better choices. No. <laughs> but I uh, anyway. I, I'm always, 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 always going to associate Jack Palance with Batman 1989. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
but uh, this whole sequence with like the the way it's shot with like the red background is uh, indicative of a James Bond movie because Maurice Binder was one of the consultants on this film and he did all of the Bond opening sequences for Doctor No from Russia with Love, Lo- Goldfinger, Thunderbolt, You Only Live Twice, Her Majesty's Secret Service, Diamonds Are Forever, Living Let Die, Man of the Golden Gun, Man, Spy, Love Me, Moonraker, But Those yeah, Eyes Only, Octopus Seed of You to a Kill, Living Daylights, and License to Kill. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's quite a rundown. Yeah, and he did all up until he uh, passed away of lung cancer, unfortunately, uh, in, uh, when he was 72 years old. But yeah, he did all the original Bond movies, I guess they're always usually to be called, the original Bond actors, the first, th- well, four actors to play Bond before it you know, jumped to the 90s with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Well, that's interesting because there's another Bond connection to Dracula. Um, while Lucy is being seduced by Dracula in this scene, she's wearing a, a white Victorian nightgown that's very fancy, and it's designed by Julie Harris, who did um, a couple of the Bond films as well. Um, she worked on A Hard Day's Night with the Beatles, and uh, just prior to this film, she worked on Rollerball in 1975. So she's got quite a varied... Uh, Resume. Indeed. Um, and this copy of Dracula is still available, I found out, from uh, Shout Factory, so it's not too hard to find, and it's not out of print yet. Uh, what's funny is they've also recently released, and I don't know, maybe we'll cover it here in the podcast one day, a few minutes at a time, but uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It with Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I love it. It's in my library. <laughs> uh, I've had the uh, first fight. Now that's another fun uh, Dracula comedy. Yeah, with George Harrison and his tan skin as Dracula. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tan Drac. Uh, Tan as he's called. Uh, I've had Steve <laughs> Haberman on my show a few times, uh, who is the writer of Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd love to uh, hear those episodes. I'll have to go back and check them out. He, it's, it's a very funny movie. Um, but uh, this movie is not so funny. Um, <laughs> if uh, you go to... Um, I mentioned to Scott in the last episode, I'll mention it to you. If you go to Edward Gorey's museum here in Yarmouthport, Massachusetts, uh, the costume uh, worn in the stage play for Dracula is hanging there. Uh, I believe it's, I think it's the costume not worn by Franklin Langella, but worn by his successor, successor Raul Juliet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about also the, the costume, you know, in this seduction scene between uh, Dracula and Lucy when he throws off his cape, his black cape, so dramatically to reveal the Seinfeld puppy shirt. Yeah. That's kind of funny, actually. (laughs) That is very funny. And he does that in an earlier scene. He just, like, waltzes into the room and throws the cape off himself onto the butler. And he's just like, take my cape. I am Count Dracula. I'm here. Pay attention to me. Uh, do you know what uh, other weird Superman connection Dracula has besides the fact that John Williams did the score for this movie? Oh, that's the only one I know of. Tell me. Uh, not necessarily in this movie, but Terrence Stamp also played Dracula on the stage. Oh, he did? Yeah. Well, Dracula gets around. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have played him. I mean, if you count up all the people, stage, screen, um, it's got to be dozens and dozens of actors. Indeed, um, it uh, it uh, it reminds me of my to continue uh, making sure I strive to get my own version of uh, Dracula finished. Uh, I have a stage play version of my gender swap uh, Dracula story. Nice. Um, 
Stewart and Ben Helsing, after this entire like long sequence, which takes up most of the minutes, this whole lovemaking sequence and them flipping around and the Bond style like weird you know ness of it all, uh, which someone told me the way they did like the um, the ripple effect sometimes they would drop like oil into water and it would be like with a red filter in front of the camera, mm-hmm. and that's what causes this kind of like. Uh, look to the background, especially again. You see this in the in the Bond sequences in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, it has a great look to it. It's really very gothic, and yet also it does have that kind of modern feel of a James Bond film. So, Doctor Seward, played by Donald Pleasance, and Van Helsing, played by uh, Lawrence Olivier, dig up um, the coffin of Mina, and she's gone. That's right. Uh, it's empty, so but they just happen to see a convenient tunnel there, so naturally they dive into it, and it's, of course, filled with rats and bats and all kinds of creepy crawlies, and this is pre-CGI, of course, so we have some real critters in there, not to mention some animatronic ones. Would you dive underneath a coffin to go hunt down your lost loved one that's supposed to be buried? if you found out there was a tunnel underneath where you had stuck them. Since I have pet rats, if I saw some rats in there, I just might. I don't know if I could. Um, I would just <laughs> wait until she resurfaces. If she's killed a child or two along the way, I mean, I there's not much I can do about it. I guess not. It depends. Although they do have a handy uh, cross, which they happen to drop, as they always do in these things when they see her. And that's how our five minutes ends uh, with Van Helsing uh, again, and, and uh, the other the, uh, Van Helsing and and and, uh, and uh, Dr. Seward, um, d- you know, going underground, a couple old men uh, trying to get the job done. Um, Donald Pleasance is also an unusual casting, I think, for Dr. Seward. Yeah, he was. I believe he was offered the Van Helsing role first, but he, he said it was too similar to uh, his character in Halloween, so he wanted to do something a little bit different. Right, and I and I'm trying to remember who it was that got the advice from Christopher Lee to do something in this movie and not pass it up. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, Christopher Lee certainly made a great career out of playing a vampire, Dracula. So I can see why he would advise others to do the same. Right, or no, no, I think Christopher Lee was. Uh, God, I might be wrong, but I swear, I think Christopher Lee. Um, is was uh, was offered the role in Halloween, but he passed it up, and he told Pleasance later on that he's he's glad that he got it because he wished he hadn't passed that up. Oh yeah, I think you could be right. That does ring a bell. Give me one quick second. Someone's knocking at the studio door. So before we let you go, when how were you? Uh, how did you get exposed to this movie? What was your first uh, foray into it? Uh, I probably saw it on cable in the '80s when I was a teenager when they would show these movies over and over and over and over again. So you kind of either fell in love with it or you started to hate it because you saw it so much. But uh, this was one that I happened to love and uh, was always a fan of the Dracula myth and read the book, the Bram Stoker book, when I was in school. And, um, yeah, just always really enjoyed the whole atmosphere of all the various versions of dracula which is your favorite did you say it was this one it was my favorite until i saw uh francis ford coppola's version now that one is my favorite ah is that because you had uh met coppola or just because it's it is it is the the best version in your opinion 
Well, it, I do believe it's the best, but I did also get the opportunity to uh, interview Francis Ford Coppola, and uh, I just love his films. But yeah, I just liked what he did with the whole um, the whole look and feel of it, and the costume designs and the casting. I thought was excellent. So it's one of my favorites that I never tire of, and it, I would say it is my favorite Dracula movie, though. I just saw Coppola's first uh, film ever. I think it was called Dementia 13. It came out from Vespron mm-hmm. Home Video. Yeah? <laughs> what did you think? Uh, quite unusual, but I'm, I, I guess I'm keeping it. Um, I mean, it was okay. It was uh, different. I didn't have its flair or feel to it, I guess. I don't know really what I was expecting. Yeah, well, it's, you know, not exactly the godfather. But no. everyone's got to start somewhere. Yes. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, just about anywhere on social media, but I also have a website, which is my name, com, which is a good springboard for anything you might want to see in terms of my books or my films. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Why, thank you. And you can find other episodes of the Vampire Movie Minute podcast on RadioHorror.com. If you like uh, the content, please like, please uh, uh, leave a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any uh, questions or any comments about the podcast or anything we might have missed in these minutes or other minutes... And thank you again for tuning in to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. I'll be back in another week with another exciting episode of Dracula 79.